Doctrine and Devotion is sponsored by Together for the Gospel. Together for the Gospel is happening April 14th through the 16th, 2020 in Louisville, Kentucky, and registration is now open. In fact, our listeners get a discount. Use the promo code DOCTRINE when checking out and save $10. Go to t4g.org for all the details. Welcome to Doctrine and Devotion, a podcast exploring Christian faith and practice from a Reformed Baptist perspective. My name is Joe Thorne. I'm the lead pastor of Redeemer Fellowship in St. Charles, Illinois. And I'm Jimmy Fowler, executive pastor at Redeemer Fellowship. Long day. It's a long Sunday. It is, yeah. It's a good day. It was fun. We got to uh, we got to worship. Yep. Three times, fool. Yep. That was good. Three and then, times. Uh, and then we uh, no. got to go hang out no. at La Vida. No. Some of us hung out yeah, at I La Vida. Yeah, I had to teach a class. I preached three times. Did this service. We had a listener from Alabama. Yeah, well, no, no, but then I so had then to teach a class. Daniel and I, I taught were a hanging class out with uh, Steve McCoy. Worship and we also had Travel Rounds there. Church and, history. Uh, Pat Aldridge and showed up for our worship We leaders. had a fantastic time. Then I had to catch up with you guys. Just getting to know each other and praying Daniel, for each other. Daniel from Alabama? Daniel from Alabama. Daniel from Alabama. Yep. I liked him. Yeah. yeah. So we, then I joined you at the end. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And then... Uh, uh, then it went downhill. Then it went, yeah, because I, you know, every party needs a pooper. And that's why you invite That's me. why we call you Pastor mm-hmm. Poopstain. That's right. That's it. That's Well, that's not the reason, but it works. It works really well. Yeah, it does. It does. So, you know, it's a long day, but, you know, it, it's been a long day for me, mm-hmm. you know, but it's been a longer day for some other people. Other people might have had a longer day, more difficult day. Yeah. I mean, was your day real difficult? Or did you have any, like, problems, any hiccups in your day? No. 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 How about you, Travel? Yeah, I had the worst day. <laughs> so <laughs> the worst our, day possible. Our listeners already know who Travel Rounds is. Travel Rounds is he's probably the most popular preacher here at Redeemer, uh, including me. He's probably the most. Yeah, he's a very yeah. gifted preacher, future pastor, maybe even future church planter. He's praying through all of that stuff. A guy that's clearly called to ministry. Travel, in fact, you're going to be preaching in just a few weeks here at weeks Redeemer. Yep. What passage are you preaching? Uh, Luke 20, 1 through 8. Mm, it's going to be good. Yeah, Listen, y'all need to hit yeah. the Redeemer Fellowship feed, and obviously you can check out my preaching, whatever, but check out Travel's sermon. Travel is such a gifted preacher. Our people yeah. love it, man. We really dig it, man. Thanks for uh, making time to hang yeah. out. I'm surprised you had time. Thanks for, uh, you know. thanks for having me, finally. You know? well, we were what do you mean, finally? I'm pretty famous on the podcast. Yeah, you are. Without ever being on the podcast. Well, right. yeah, I mean, well, crazy. the thing is, like, you got to show up at church events to get invited to the podcast. So, things like CG. I come to... All kinds of groups, yeah. groups, just not just none that are part I, of our. I'm church. a part of a lot of groups. Like, yeah. what, what, what group are you part of? I'm, I'm, you know, I can't talk about them. They're, oh, you can't talk about it. It's kind of like Fight Club, you know. Oh, so you, that's the first rule. <laughs> yeah, you don't, you talk, don't talk about, about those things. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay, I, I thought you, I thought like you were like you know like there are some groups that uh, that you might be a part of that I don't know. Uh, like lawless groups, like there's like maybe lawbreakers group, like uh, like there's promise keepers, then there's uh, lawbreakers. I feel like you sure. might yeah. fall into <laughs> gotcha. based on our. See, we were well, having. Whoa, a, why? Oh, you, why do you look uh, at him and say he's a lawbreaker? I, well, I don't have to look at him to know because he told me the story today, and that's why Travel's on the podcast. We were having a conversation at Levita with Travel about what went down today, and of course we're laughing, and Travel can have a good time about it, but it's actually like a really frustrating and painful, and not an uncommon experience for no, you. Not at all. Um, so if you don't know Travel. If you can't tell by his first name, uh, Travel is African American, and um, now at Redeemer. So, uh, yeah, we're you a very the, diverse are, church, we're, super diverse. You, now, because we have 
African American here at our church. Yeah, uh, we have not African Americans. We but have we, tons of African Americans that pass by the church driving. <laughs> okay, uh, but the one that come in is me. Okay, that's that that's Travel. Yeah. So because it's interesting because generationally we're diverse, uh, socioeconomically we're diverse. St. Charles is ninety four percent Anglo, so we don't expect a lot of uh, ethnic diversity. Um, so we don't have a lot of that. But uh, Travel, Travel, why don't you tell the story about how you even wound up at? Wound up at Redeemer. Yeah, that's a good story. You, you, yeah. know, you, you oh, grew wow. up yeah. south side of Chicago. Yeah. Now you're living, you were living in Elgin. And, uh, yeah. But how did you wind up here at Redeemer? Yeah, so um, the gist of it is I was in college in Wisconsin and um, I was coming home. I wanted to find a church during that time in college. My theology started to change towards more reformed theology. How did that happen? Um, yeah, so I grew up in church. And a fun part of my story is. I've been preaching since I was nine years old. Yeah. So I've been doing kind it for of a long time. I grew up in a Pentecostal church. Ah, that's so like, there it is. So basically, what happens is if you have any guy who's pretty excited about the Lord, they're like, you should probably preach the gospel <laughs> at nine. At nine years old. So uh, at nine years old, I started preaching. And um, yeah, so I went, went off to college. And after I was in college and I was living uh, kind of like a prodigal, I was, I mm. was the first time I was free. I grew up in like a, a legalist kind of church, a mm-hmm. holiness Pentecostal church, which means there's a lot of rules and regulations, things you can and cannot do. And so when I got off on my own in college, it was great. Um, and so I started to, I was also a part of our stories because I was a Pentecostal. Pentecostals are only people who are saved. Oh, so really? if, if you're a Pentecostal listening, sorry about that, but it's probably true. We're the only ones saved because we we understand the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, you got the ghost. So, which means I didn't go to any other church that wasn't Pentecostal. Mm-hmm. And there was no Pentecostal churches around in Wisconsin, so I didn't go when I was in college. So, but I love preaching. Yeah. So, because I love preaching, I still listen to a lot of preaching. So, right. I, would, I would go out and I would drink and I would party, but I would still come home and listen to preaching. Mm. So, I started listening to um, one preacher who's very popular, super reformed. His name's Stephen Furtick. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, but he did bring in a reformed preacher or reformish. I don't know how people clat- mm-hmm. categorize him. But I know who Matt you're about. Matt, Matty Chandler. And he preached. God is for God, a sermon that if you have not heard, you need to go listen. It's probably still on YouTube. It's a good word in a controversial word in the setting he was in yes that was code orange at the code, code orange, orange yeah, yes. yeah and that exposed me to something that i've never i've heard before but i never heard it the way that he put it before mm. and there was a lot of uh online people probably reformed people at the time mm-hmm. i didn't know that but they were uh not happy about the sermon it got taken down and eventually <laughs> put back up yeah. and when it got put back up i was like i need to know why they didn't want this sermon out there. Mm. And mm-hmm. that's when I started going through reform theology, learning about the five points and on and on and on until I discovered a guy by the name of uh, Dever, Mark Dever. Uh. And his thing is ecclesiology. Oof. So he could, the Holy Spirit convicted me on being in church. And so I came home and I was like, I have to get into a church. And I didn't know anything about reform theology or like denominations. Cause I grew up in a denomination that I know that if I, if it has his name on the church, I know I'm in the right church. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it's not like that with Reformed people. You yeah. can't really. Shiloh missionary. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's a thing. And so I just, Matt Chandler was at an 829. So I looked up the closest 829 church. It happened to be two churches uh, from my home that were in different directions, but the same distance away from me. One was Redeemer and one was Redemption with Ryan Hughley at the time. Huggy. Yeah. Huggy Bear. And yep. uh, that, so I was like, I'm going to check them both out. So I came to Redeemer first. And man, y'all loved me here mm. and I never left. And that was probably four or five years ago. I remember you said, <laughs> well, you summarized it at the time. You're like, that morning you're like, guess I'm gonna go try a white church. 
Yeah, and, I was. I was. I knew I. I was going to be uncomfortable here. I right. knew I was going to hate it. I was like, "There's no way that I, growing up in a black church, growing up in a black Pentecostal church, yeah. I'm going to be comfortable at a white church." And uh, yeah, you guys rocked my world in the sense yeah. that you guys loved me. Obviously, you knew that I was new because you've never seen one of me before. But <laughs> well, listen, I, 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 I might have seen. I. Th- I don't know. Sightings of African Americans at Redeemer is probably about three, right? At the uh, time, there was actually two. There was yeah. a, a female and a male that yeah. was coming here already. Yeah, yeah. Now, and they both had to move on, right? right. So, yeah. So, yeah. Travell, uh, one and only. Now, um, so Travell, great preacher, great brother, man. You came in and people were just like, "Oh man, great, what's up?" Because they're super friendly to everybody. Yeah. Even uh, Daniel was talking about that. You know, oh, the yeah, new guy yeah. here he just yeah. felt really welcome. So we, I mean, you were just, you were really transparent, like, and that's a big thing for us. Like, you were just real honest about things. Yeah. And so, like, wow, we're like, oh, this guy's legit. We, we want to get to know him. And so it's just been family ever since. Now, today, uh, I, I came into the cigar shop. You guys had already been talking, mm-hmm. and and uh, Steve and Jimmy were like, uh, Travell, you need to tell that story, that what just happened today. And... In light of a lot of the conversations that are happening now, uh, you know, social justice, anti-social justice, um, you know, critical race theory, uh, in, in light of, you know, some of the, the discrepancies that we, we hear about between the experience of African-Americans in certain situations versus maybe Anglos in the same situation, uh, all of that sort of connects with this thing that happened today. Now, for the record, uh, we're probably going to laugh a bit at some of this stuff because that's how we process here right yeah but this is actually a painful thing this was a this was a garbage day yeah this is not this is not a good day for you and um and we're not looking to throw anybody under the bus or anything like that we just want to have a conversation here want to continue the conversation that we started at the cigar shop because we need to have more of these conversations because i feel like there are too many people particularly white people yeah who talk within their own circle about these issues yeah. without actually hearing yeah. um, what is happening in other people's experiences who um, maybe are in a, a different part of the city or the, uh, of their state. So, Travell, you went. You were at church. What happened today? Uh, we worshiped together. Yeah. It was a good time. So I came to church because like, mm-hmm. it's Sunday and that's what I do. That's, part, do. that's a group that I'm a part of, Jimmy. There's mm. a group. Just want you to know. Yeah. So good. I showed up to church. Yeah, just won't show up uh, Thursday nights, but continue. Oh, we won't talk about that. Um... <laughs> After church was over, typically my thing is it's football season. Mm-hmm. It's the first day of Sunday football. Yep. So I was going to La Vida to grab a smoke and watch some football. And so I was driving from the church, and the church and La Vida are about five minutes apart from each other. So it's a normal drive that I've taken many, many times. But this time, I'm driving, and I drive past the cop, and, I, and every time, doesn't matter what's going on. If I drive past the cop, and I'm sure there are some people who can resonate to, with this, I get an eerie feeling like I don't know what I'm checking mirrors, seatbelts on. Am I speeding? Mm-hmm. I don't know what I've done, but I feel like I've done something wrong. I've, I, don't, I have no clue why I feel that way, but it is the way and a I lot, feel. And a lot of people will feel that way. They get a little nervous when mm-hmm. they get behind a cop. Yeah, absolutely. Sometimes justified, sometimes not. Right. Mm-hmm. So in my mind, I've, I'm all clear. Everything that I, I got insurance, seatbelts on, car works, everything's functioning. And the, I see the cop pull out from behind me and I go, I really want to speed up because I'm so close to Levita. <laughs> just like, make it to the cigar shop. If I get to Levita, I'm safe. But uh, he pulls me over immediately. Light come on immediately. He pulls me over and he gets out of the car and he goes, hey, how's it going? And I was like, yeah, good. Um, and he's like, um, looking really nervous today. Is there a reason why you're nervous? <laughs> it's like, because I'm getting pulled over by a cop. I don't. Mm-hmm. 
yeah. understand why you don't understand yeah, most why people nervous. are nervous i feel like right i'm yeah. sure oh, yeah, i'm always nervous for people yeah and then uh, he tells i'm always me, nervous joe's not uh, because, okay i'm never nervous joe's yeah, never right. nervous this is why joe needed to hear this story today right. yeah because i get pulled over all the time he doesn't have this experience but i don't have this experience yeah never no he tells me he says um do you know you have a crack in your taillight that's uh no i don't look at my car like that i get in it and drive it and I was like, uh, so it's working. Like, it's not, it's it, work. No, yeah. the light works. It's just a crack in it. Okay. And he pulls me over and he says, yeah, it's just a, just a thing. So we want to check it out. And he's like, you got your license registered. He goes through all this stuff. Give him my license. He goes to his car and he's there for a minute. And anytime that a cop is in his car for longer than two to three minutes, you know, it's not good. Mm-hmm. So I'm sweating. And then he comes back and he goes, I need you to step out of the car. And I go, all right. Cause I'm not going to argue with you. You comply. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know how it goes. Sometimes. Uh, yeah. And um, and I as I'm getting out of the car, I goes, there's something wrong. And he goes, you have a warrant out for your arrest. Oh, and I go, for what? Are you kidding me? And I, he's like, yeah, uh, you missed a court date and you got a warrant out for your arrest. So you had a traffic ticket or something that you had to. Yeah. yeah. Uh, got a speeding ticket. Apparently I paid the ticket and uh, but still had to go to court. I didn't know. Didn't okay. show up. So now I have a warrant out for my arrest. And uh, yeah, does the thing. Searches me, asks me if I have anything. Puts me in handcuffs, put me in the back of the Does car. Does not put you in handcuffs, dude. Oh, yeah, for sure. He cuffs me. Okay. Well, that's a normal thing. If you're going to get arrested, you got to get I wouldn't know. <laughs> I mean, oh, yeah. yeah, you get cuffed. Yeah, Joe, sure Joe doesn't normal. know those things. <clears throat> oh, that's normal procedure. So he cuffs me, puts me in the back of the car, and then at, I'm at, I have one thing in my mind. Are you going to tow my car or not? Where were you parked? Were you parked? I was Side parked, of the road or something? No, I was parked on a street that... Has lines for parking. Oh, you're street parking. I yeah, was yeah. legally parked on the street. And um, the cop goes, well, we'll see what happens. And um, sure enough, yeah, they towed my car. They just, why didn't they just leave it there? I asked, same thing I asked them. I okay. said, hey, I'm legally parked. It should be okay to leave my car here. It's like, um, I'm not quite sure of our policy. And I don't have the paper on me to, to go through it. And I was like, is there somebody you can call? You can call your sergeant. Mm-hmm. You know, you know. Maybe call another officer who may have the policy on them. And he goes, I'm just going to go on the side of we're going to tow the car. Okay. Which, I, you know, it is what it is. He, he towed the car. Takes me, books me, go down to the station. You know, they do the, the thing. I'm a criminal now. I get my pictures taken, fingerprints you got, you taken. get the mugshot. Mugshot. Really? With and without my glasses. That's an, I didn't <laughs> oh, know that I was a thing. <laughs> yeah. That could be a disguise they, they ask for tattoos. <laughs> that makes sense, you know identifying markers but they're like those glasses we got to make sure that you know so if i ever change my glasses i could be you mm-hmm. know so wait do they, do they do the fingerprint thing they fingerprint ink me. or digital it's digital oh because saint charles sucks. fancy it sucks why we stood there probably 15 minutes to get it, it to work oh yeah it's <laughs> we did it like over and over again and like it was horrible and uh and then they book me they give me all my papers and then they charge me they say hey you have to pay a bond to get out or we have to take you down to county I was like, uh, how much is it? World. So I pay the, the bond to get out. Funny thing about that is that they don't accept credit cards. So the, he walks me down to the front of the building and takes me to the ATM and has me to get money out. <laughs> okay. And the ATM has like a, normally an ATM probably has like 2 or $3. Yeah, 350 This is a 550 fee <laughs> <laughs> for their ATM. Five fifty on top of the the large amount of money that I'm already. Wait, wasn't out. there another? Wasn't there a booking fee too? Yeah. So at the end of the day, <laughs> I had to pay ten uh, percent of the bun plus another seventy dollar fee, seventy five dollar fee. Yeah, I saw that on the ticket. Plus a fifty dollar booking fee. So they charged me for them to arrest me. <laughs> so, so okay, okay, they're like, Hold we're on. gonna arrest you, but you have to pay. Like, I, okay, now 
recently in the news for us, in, uh, right around the corner, in Sandwich. Yep. Right? In Sandwich, the mayor there was just arrested. I don't for, know if it was just, but yeah. Arrested, recently, arrested for uh, soliciting prostitution. Right. Mm, and yeah. he had to pay a bond to get out. It was like $150. It was definitely, I feel it like, was like it was hundred cheaper than, yes. Yeah, cheaper than $150. Yeah. So how, how much was, you didn't share, how much was your bond? Um, mine was 10% of the um, 3000 So if you know quick math, that's $300 for that. Okay. Plus the $50. Plus the $50. Plus another $75. And there was another hidden fee that were PTA is what he called it. He didn't explain that to me. But the that, Parent Teachers Association gets yeah, a Yeah, you got to pay for stuff. Eventually, yeah. I to get myself out of jail today, I paid um, a whopping four ninety, And that's not including what you're going to need to pay to get plus, your car back. Plus, they towed my car, so I have to go and pay St. Charles a $500 fee so they can print me a receipt so then I can take it to the tow company and show them that they released my car plus pay whatever the towing fees are. Right. So, But the I'm, mayor's sandwich only... Paid one hundred fifty, uh, whatever it was. It was less. Yeah. yeah so yeah. I'm already like you know a, a grand fifteen hundred in the hole hmm. today. Yeah. Now it's been a great day. So this is you know there, there's there's one level at which it's embarrassing, right? Because you're a Christian man, like you love the Lord, yeah. you live a righteous life, oh, for you know, sure. relatively, like you know sure. none of us as are. Much as I... <laughs> so uh, you're 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 a good and godly man. You're yeah. a friend and a brother. So this is embarrassing, right? As a Christian in 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 town, right? it's also in St. Charles, five minutes from the church that I just left. Yeah. Two minutes away from the cigar shop that I go to very often. Yeah. So, and what happened funny is that a member of the church drove by and saw me getting arrested, and they obviously they texted me, called me to find out if everything was okay. But at the time, I didn't have my phone or anything. Yeah. Else. But so it's embarrassing because not only and you're am a preacher. I getting arrested, I'm a preacher. Yeah. You know, for whatever that means, but I'm a preacher. You know, I love the Lord. I work hard. I pay my taxes. Yeah. All that good stuff. I try to, to the best of my ability, be a good citizen. And now. Here I am, in cuffs, arrested. I'm a criminal. Now, this is not unique to African Americans. There are white people that will go through the same experience, right? And so, oh. I'm not saying that we're not suggesting that like this doesn't happen to white people. Of, of course, it does. It happens to a lot of people. But like you know, we've had conversations about you know your experience with some law enforcement officers mm -hmm. uh, versus my experience with all law enforcement officers, <laughs> right? So we know there are great cops, right? Uh, we've, we've, got, we've got great cops here at the church. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm pro-police. I, I, I'm thankful for those that, that serve us well and are faithful. Lots of, lots of good people. And of course, like with any group, there's going to be people that are not doing a good job. There are going to be some that are just jerks and some that are racist, of course. So we're not saying anything about this particular officer because we don't know what was going on. But your experience and the, the, the other uh, black friends that I have who talk to me about their experiences with officers are radically different than my experiences. You know, when we have yeah. the same uh, infractions. And so, you know, some people would say, well, you know, this is you're, you're talking about one guy's experience and you're making about you're making it about him being black. We are not making this about you being black. You are black. You're, you're an yeah. African-American. And so this is your experience. Now. We've joked about it on the podcast that I'll get pulled over for no front license plate, no seat belt. Registration is or no, your sticker no, my, is. I don't have the current registration sticker yeah, on my yeah, your license sticker plate. Expired on the back, uh, and um, and you're the one talking time you, on your you, phone. Oh, no, I'm not talking on my phone. The one time you didn't have your insurance and he just trusted that you and had I, it. And I don't. I, I, and I never had my insurance card. Yeah. And uh, and they pulled, I Instagram liked it once. Yeah. Because <laughs> he's like, you're gonna get a ticket. I guarantee you, I won't get a ticket. And. Uh, you know, they're like, hey, man, it's all good. Don't, yeah, don't worry about it. Just, hey, you know, 
uh, buckle up and do these other things. And that's, but it's happened so much, it's kind of funny, you know. And, uh, and here's the thing I know you and I have the same approach to the officers, right? Comply. Yes. Hands yep. up at 10 and 2, windows yep, yep, down, lights right. on. We have the same compliance yeah, approach, right? We're going to comply. We're not going to have attitude. Yeah. Um, but you have pretty consistently had a different experience with these things, yeah. which is why you had got a ticket earlier and yeah. had to go back. This is not unique to me. The speeding ticket that I got was maybe a mile away from my house with an officer that I knew because I worked at a gas station. He would always come in and I worked third shift right. at the time. So I knew the officer. He pulled me over for speeding and he was like, ah, yeah. Yeah, Still but 75 and a 25, Travel. Will I was not <laughs> doing that. That's not what was <laughs> It was a mile from my house, which means I know those roads and I know the speed limits. And till this day. You're a little heavy, maybe a little. I I don't believe I was going as fast as he said I was. Yeah. I could have been speeding. There's yeah. no doubt about that. But like. So like, okay, so I'm not going to mention any names, but like I have a friend uh, who lived in Chicago, grew mm-hmm. up in Chicago, um, African-American. And. You know, he's hanging out at night, a, a half a block down from his house, uh, sitting on a bench waiting for his friends to pick him up. And uh, some cops roll up and they are like, what are you doing? And he's like, I'm waiting for my friends. They're like, where do you live? And so for me, like, this is already bothering me. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I get saying, hey, what's going on? Like, what are you, I'm just hanging out, waiting for my friends. All right, cool. Have, have a nice night. Like, that's checking in on people's normal. That, that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. And they start pressing. He's like, I live over there. And they're like, no, what's your address? And he, he's like, why do you give me a hard time for? And I know this guy. He's a Christian guy. He's a believer. He's actually well known. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, handcuffed, on the ground, searched. So the reason, the reason I think we need to have these conversations to talk about experiences and what's going on is because um, I, I, I don't know that, uh, that let me put it this way. There are problems in our culture and in our society yep. that deal with the issue of race mm-hmm. uh, and with authority, right? We see this we problems with this in the church problem with in the government, right? So it's, it's everywhere. We all have problems. And so we're trying to figure out like, so what are the best ways for us to deal with these problems? You know, how do we how do we best diagnose the issue and then press in with practical solutions? Now, on a biblical theological level, I feel comfortable talking about these issues. But one of the things that we've said, I've, I've said as, as a white guy, as a super white guy, um, I was on I was on a panel uh, at Legacy. Right. So it was Lecrae yeah. and me and some other people that I don't remember. Uh, but so shoot Chan. Ra- Raz al Ghul? I don't know. Yeah. I, 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 don't know. I was there for that. I, I, don't, I don't remember. Yeah. So you were there. Oh, that's right. Because yeah. I, I talked you up from the stage. That's right. I yeah. said you were single, I think, too. Yeah. yeah. You do I'm that always often. looking out for Travel. Yeah. What up, ladies? <laughs> he's so, still single. Yeah, he's still single. But now he's got a record, so. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Maybe maybe I'll stop promoting Travel. Um, you're going to have a great ministry in prison, dude. Like, yeah, like nobody's going to preach as well as you, you in You and prison. Scott are going to do fantastic <laughs> teaming up. One from the outside, one from the in. It's going to be great. All right. So, um, and I remember I said at the stage, I said, listen, when we're having discussions about race, race relations, the problem of racism, um, I'm happy to talk about it from a biblical theolo- theological perspective. But I wind up doing more listening than talking in the midst of these conversations because I have not had to personally deal with racism. Yeah. I haven't because I'm a white guy in a white neighborhood. I don't deal with it. Yeah. I don't even see it. I don't even see the problems that are out there because I live in a pretty homogeneous place. Yeah. yeah. So when it comes to these race issues, I like to do a lot of listening. Now, I remember Chandler said the same thing, and he got lit up by some of the anti-social justice yeah. people as if 
as if he's saying, like, well, I have nothing to say about the issue whatsoever, uh, biblically, theologically, mm-hmm. um, when all he's really saying is, listen, white people who um, don't have these experiences would do well to listen and, and try to understand yeah. where are you coming from, what's happened, and, and from there, maybe we can begin to talk about uh, what are some of the good ways we can press in with works of Grace, right? So we, you know, we have words of grace in preaching and theology, and that is paramount to what we do as Christians. That is the church's primary job. We preach, we make disciples, and through changed hearts and you know regeneration and all of that, a people change, and that can have an impact. But there are also social issues at play. There are there are practical issues that we have to address. And, and there's God there. We need to we need to be willing to listen to try to figure out and learn from each other. What can we do together? Well, and I think part of this is that I think some people get there's pushback in the sense like, well, why can't I speak into this? Why can't, why shouldn't I have a voice? And it's, and it's not because and they're like, well, you know, I'm not racist. I, I don't have that. And we're not saying, and I don't think anyone's really saying you're racist, right? No. I, I think what it's coming down to is you don't know. Right. Like you could look at the same situation and see it completely different mm-hmm. than from a, a minority point of view. Right. Like, think, take, take for example, it was a year and a half ago, maybe, maybe there was that uh, one uh, uh, high school wrestler. Yeah, they got his dreads cut. Exactly. Yes. And yeah. so, you know, everyone's cheering him on. Yeah. All the white fans are cheering him on. His white teammates are cheering him on. Yeah. And he's balling. He's balling, and his his black friends are just they, they feel that same pain. They felt the pain of there's, it. Yeah. There's kind of a collective. <clears throat> There's a collective like of because there's part of that identity. This is yeah. and so here it is. This individual is being stripped of that. Yeah. Otherwise, he can't he can't perform. And and you know a lot of the white commentators were like, well, man, look at the sportsmanship of this guy, the team player mentality. Well, no, he was stripped of his identity and was forced to do that. And you don't understand that. You don't. You know, people. Some people just think you can't. You don't. You look at it and you don't understand what someone's going through right because it's you know it's i know like people like so it's long hair like you know what if a you know I, when i was in in high school you couldn't have long hair and be a wrestler and they were like well if you want to be a wrestler and i didn't want to be but they wanted me to be on because i was little and they needed a little guy yeah. and like you have to cut that hair and i'm like well forget about it that's not going to be a thing and and that was a big part of my you know uh subcultural identity was this long rocker hair but it's still uh different right in that um the whole African-American hair issue yes. itself is radically different from the Anglo hair issues. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, it means because you've never had a conversation with a black person about hair. Yeah. Um, I'm currently growing out my hair. Yeah. It looks and a the little amount of conversations mm. that I've had with you white folks about yeah. like, Oh, you're doing something new with your hair or can I touch it? Or it, oh, they, no, on. no one says oh, can that, I touch it. Somebody here said they want to that touch happens it. at church. At Redeemer. Oh, oh but are know. they children at least? No, they're oh. adults. Steve McCoy. They're, Is it Steve McCoy? It's Steve McCoy. And it's not Steve McCoy. Really? No, oh. Steve McCoy's great. I love him. <laughs> no, you're just Steve, trying to get Steve it. Steve McCoy. You're if trying for to. any reason. You may have available children who happen to be female. <laughs> That's a shout out to Sarah McCoy. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. But yeah, no, these, these experiences are not unique to me in any way. Mm-hmm. And so when I talk about these issues or when African Americans talk about these experiences, they're coming from a place where, no, this is what I've personally experienced. This is not in theory. Yeah. I, mm-hmm. every day, I'm aware of my blackness. Mm-hmm. Every day. I live in a majority white community. How often am I aware of my whiteness? Never. I'm never aware because yeah. it's not an issue. Yeah. I, I'm aware completely of how I look, how I present myself, how I talk, 
everything about me wants to be presentable to make sure that I'm not going to be one sterilized or sterilized. Um, or that too. Don't want to be that. <laughs> don't want to be sterilized. I don't want to be, you know, a stereotypical yeah. what mm-hmm. you think I am because right. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm educated, I'm smart, I talk, I'm articulate, all that good stuff. But like, I just don't want to present myself in a way to our culture, which is mm-hmm. dominated by white thought and right. white thinking because that's the world that I live in. And so I know that if I'm driving around with very loud music, then I know I'm going to be looked at with, yeah, you know, some kind of suspicion. Why are you playing that right. music so loud? Like, turn it down. Be more respectful. So these these are not unique experiences. Mm-hmm. This being pulled over for, I got pulled over for a crack in my tail light, though my tail light worked. That was nothing. I've been pulled over for lesser, mm-hmm. but and it's not even just experiences with cops. It's experiences with. I'm walking around and someone says something insensitive right. because they're, they just don't understand. Yeah. So yeah, these are not unique experiences. So when we say you should listen more, I'm not saying that you don't have anything to contribute to the conversation. Right. What I'm saying is that you may not understand the experience that I'm having. So let me relate to you why I think the way I think and I view the way I view mm-hmm. it's because these things are very personal to me. Yeah. And very real. Yeah. And painful, man. Oh, like, and yeah. this is cause again, like, for a lot of us, not all of us, because not everybody's wired this way, but the three of us here certainly, laughter is catharsis for yeah. us. Like we, 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 it, is, it is one of the ways that we process our pain. And so there's a place for that, but there's also a needed place for weeping. There's a needed place for, for frustration and, and anger. And again, listen, I know some of you are thinking, well, some, some of you already tuned out. You're gone. Bye. Um, but then some of you are thinking like, well, I don't understand what the big deal is. Lots of people have bad experiences. Lots of people get judged. And you are, are, are coming at it from, you're not, when you say that, you're not trying to understand the other person. Um, you're trying to relate your perspective and your experience, which there's validity to that. But what you need to do is take a beat to listen to somebody and try to understand maybe what it is that you have missed in their experience that is a legit complaint. Here, and here's the thing, Travel. On all the conversations that we've had over these years, you've never been this whiny, self-righteous, oh, no, like never. conspiracy guy. Nope. You've, you've, you've never been that way. And, and most people that I know that are minorities aren't that way. Um, in fact, I know more conspiracy theorists who are white <laughs> than I do. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's more of a white thing, really. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> you have the ability to... Yeah, you have that. Yeah, that's your privilege that's, to go ahead and be... I don't want to use that word, but some <laughs> yeah. would say it's your privilege. All right, let's come back and talk about privilege in just a minute, okay. all right? But you know what? Everybody has some privilege, Jimmy. And the privilege that everybody has is they can register for the Together for the Gospel Conference in 2020 in Louisville, Kentucky. Mm. Mm. Now, what, what is this year? What's that? What's this year's theme, Joe? Entrusted with the gospel. Entrusted Ooh. with the gospel. You know, they got guys like our man, Legan Duncans. Oh, the Legan Duncans is my jam. We got Mark Dever, John Piper, Kevin DeYoung, Al Mohler, H.B. Charles, Greg Gilbert, Trip Lee, Ed Moore, David Platt, Richard Chin. And the Joe Foe. Yeah, well, maybe, okay, maybe. maybe. I'm, we might go. We, well, we, we just don't want to promise, <clears throat> and we can't really share some of the conversations that we're having with the organizers. Yeah, uh, we but, may or may not be having with them about yeah. you know whether or not we will be on stage, uh, probably running. 
the you know running the they whole might, event. It's possible. It's within the realm of possibility that they've asked us to do a live D and D recording instead of having Al Mohler preach. Eh, that could have happened. <laughs> that might have happened. You know, you know. That, that's possible. But here's what you do: the conference is April 14th through the 16th, 2020, in Louisville. Now, early bird pricing ends October 31st. You need to get on this now because it's going to go up to like a million dollars or something. So you want to get into it before October 31st. Plus, if you do that now, you can use our promo code. We have our own. They gave us a promo code. That's right, Doctrine. And Doctrine. you save ten dollars. Ten save ten bucks um, off an individual ticket. You go to t4g.org and register. So make sure you post on social media that you're going. Make sure you tag T4G, tag the Jofo, and ask what session does the Jofo got? Yeah, they should at least have the largest room for their breakout session. I think that uh, uh, we really should. You know, I was just saying. And you know what? We'll even bring Travel. If if you guys will give it, we'll bring Travel to we'll do like three of us up there. Oh, thank oh, you. Oh, well, we'll Thanks, see. Guys. We'll see. Yeah. I appreciate it. Yeah. But maybe, maybe we'll yeah. talk about it. Yeah. Uh, it's oh, it's, 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 yeah. Well, no, you got a record now. I don't know it. if I can have you up oh, there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I may not be able to travel. Yeah. You might not be able to travel. I don't know if I can leave the can't state. Can't cross state lines. Yeah. <laughs> travel can't travel. <laughs> yeah. If you haven't picked up, his name is Travel Rounds. Travel yeah. Around. Is. Travel A Rounds. Yeah. Is it, that's your middle name? What's your middle name? My middle name is Alan. And so my name is Travel The first name is T R A V E L L. Your middle initials A. My last name mom, is Rounds. Your mom was messing with you. Travel A Rounds is my name. Your mom was so messing with you. T4G.org. Use the promo code Doctor and save $10. Travel A Round. All right. So let's talk about white privilege because um, Uh-oh. I have my thoughts. Um, I know uh, Pulpit and Pen has their thoughts. <laughs> um, you know, Tom Askell has his thoughts and um, oh, Kyle. Yeah, Kyle. What's his last name? I'm which Kyle? Kyle. This he's on social media. We, are, are, we know him, Kyle. I just remember his last the name. Kyle that's on social media. That's that's the one, the one. I'm talking about. Kyle. Yeah. You exactly. Kyle. You know who you are. Kyle. You know you are. Um, so everybody has these different. You Jimmy doesn't know. He's looking it up. All right. No, that let you move on. Oh, it's gonna drive me crazy. All right. So let me let me know when you find it, Jimmy. We all have our perspectives on this. I think it's fair to say. Kyle Howard, you Kyle know, come on. Howard, How did you not right. know Kyle, Kyle Howard? Howard. I'm right. just letting you sit around. All right, feeling yeah, dumb. Let, let, we'll go ahead and do Roman numerals again and oh, see how oh, well By the way, uh, somebody came up to me today and they're like, oh man, uh, one of our pilots with the good hair, um, he was like, I was I was flying, so I, had, I was in my pilot's uniform. I'm sitting there, but I'm with everybody else because I'm being flown somewhere and I'm listening to Doctrine and Devotion, the one where Jimmy made you read Roman numerals, wrong. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, look, for the record, Jimmy didn't know it either. He goes, no, no I, I know Jimmy didn't know it. But it's obvious what it is. And he, then he broke it down. He's like, well, you know, it's Septuagint. What is that? And he doing all this stuff, making me feel stupid. And he said, <laughs> he said, I was laughing so hard. Everybody's looking at me like, what's wrong with this pilot? No, anyways, thanks a lot, Jimmy, for making me feel stupid. Anyways, Kyle Howard. There you go. All these different perspectives. I think it's fair to say, whenever you're talking about an issue like this, there are going to be bad representations and good representations. Yes. There's going to be some people that talk about it. And you're like, oh, what you're saying there is true. And other people are like, you're just making stuff up. And this is crazy. And it's dangerous what you're saying. So when it comes to white privilege, I think that's fair to say. There are some... Um, people that would articulate it in a way where I would say that's I totally disagree and then other ways in which they might talk about it where I say that's fair and by the way people when you're listening to somebody that you might disagree with try try this in what ways are they right and in what ways are they wrong oh no come try on, that. Joe that that's way too much you know charity mm, among yeah, uh, the brethren it's a little hard so from your perspective mm-hmm. right and because we're friends I know you're not going to hold back what, what is white privilege is that a thing is white privilege a thing uh, short answer, yes. Oh, stop it, Travel. 
How dare <laughs> There's you? There's no short answer. Absolutely. Okay. So what? What? What I do you? What do you try think to of? define my terms? So when I'm talking to somebody about this who doesn't seem to understand, I want them to know that when when you first think privilege, you go and this is the objection I I normally get, and it's by and large the one that everyone comes back with immediately. Privilege? Are you kidding me? I grew up. My parents weren't wealthy. I went to college. I got a degree. I've made something of myself. What privilege are you talking about? I had it just, and, and I go, probably. I grew up, and I am I have a, a degree of privilege. I grew up on the south side of Chicago. Shut up, Jimmy. And what, what was that about? Wait, 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 you wait, always deny okay, the fact that when I grew you grow up, up on the south side of no, no, Chicago. No, no. Jimmy, when you grow up somewhere, what's the age range? I would say until you're like 16, 17. That's right. That's right. Now, and you left when you were three. <laughs> I left Chicago when I was about 12 years old. Okay. Oh, okay. So I grew up mm. on the south side of Chicago. <laughs> okay, all right. But we moved to the Burbs. Mm -hmm. um, I saw my mom and my dad, my stepfather, work through school. Yep. Mm -hmm. um, my dad happens to be a doctor. American dream stuff, man. Yeah, American he, dream stuff. He's, a, he's an immigrant, came from Africa. Sweet. Worked hard, yep. got a degree, became a doctor. My mom's a nurse, worked hard. While we were growing up, I saw them do that. Mm. Then we moved out to the suburbs, and we just got to be... Um, poor around rich people. It was great. But I had a better experience than I did if I would have lived than some of my cousin who stayed in, in the city. So privilege is, is, is a relative term, really, yeah. because it depends sort of on and what level of privilege, what kind of privilege, what context. So in, when we're talking white, well, at least when I'm talking white privilege, right, right. I, I don't want to speak for anyone else. I don't mean that, you know, you didn't have a rough life or it was hard or you didn't Yeah, you didn't have to work. Yeah. yeah, That's not what I mean. What I mean by white privilege is that there are things that you are privileged with that you don't you're unaware of so i try to break down the simplest of terms of what for me it's so easy for me to be in a room and know immediately i'm the only black person here for most white people they don't understand that because they're you have the privilege of you can go through the american school system and get the highest degree of phd and never have to learn anything about African-American history or black culture or anything of that. I can't get a GED without knowing white history in this country. That's a privilege. Now, wouldn't somebody say that's just American history, though? Sure. But if we just if we're talking where we live in the context of where we live. But if we look at the, the world look globally, at, yep. who dominates the world, mm. who colonized most of the world? It was white folks, European people. And even when we say that it's when somebody might say, well, it's just American history that happens to be mostly white. Um, there is I think there's still an aspect where, you know, there is there is a there is a there is a more collective identity among African-Americans that they're conscious of yes. than there is among white people. Yeah. Right. Um, and so cause again, the, the fact that we're not conscious of it, it creates certain certain problems. So I, you're saying and I and I and I and I, and I really hear this right that um, we get. The month, right? We get the, we get this month. We get February, right? Yeah, we always have trouble preaching February. Um, that was always the joke. Tri Trouble's like when I first started coming, February. Every it wasn't on purpose. It just happened every that month way. for like the first two years that I was here. I got to preach in February. Okay, so, well, I'm, all I'm saying, month. it wasn't on purpose, but it was still kind of funny. It, it was okay, um, so 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 there's one aspect. You're just talking about culturally, like you know where you learn. I, I think I think it's fair to say this about white and I, and I appreciate what you said, like. Yeah. Just because you're white doesn't mean that you didn't struggle. Like, you know, there are tons of very poor, destitute yeah, white people absolutely. that have nothing, live on food stamps, all that. And so do they have privilege? 
I would say they still yes. have some privilege. Now, they don't have as much as I had growing up. Right. I had a lot. Jimmy had a lot of privilege growing yeah. up, right? Doesn't mean that we didn't have hardships and all that, but the the privilege that comes with being white is that many things are going to be a bit easier uh, for a white person than they are for a black person. There are there are less hurdles than there are for African. And then people are like, so so name name the hurdles. What are the hurdles? And the, the hurdles come down to general prejudice by those who are the majority and are in power. And it, I'm not saying that everybody's racist and all that, but when Travel Round's name shows up on an application, yeah. uh, it's it, it, it's not necessarily good or bad consciously or anything like that, but it's noted, even if it's just sort of you know, subconsciously noted, it's noted, oh, uh, it's a black guy. Yeah. Maybe that's good for us. Maybe it's not good for us. And it starts to factor in, whereas a white guy may not have the same issues. It's... I, I, I'm, I'm comfortable saying um, if I had to choose the, the easiest route in America and I had to pick a skin color, I ain't picking black as the easiest route if, to pursue the American dream. There's no way. I'm not going to do that because no I think in general it's a bit harder, whether that's because of um, – and, and oh, the whole idea of systemic racism, I, I don't buy that so much. I think that there is – I think that there is racism that is present in some of our systems in places, but systemic racism is a more complicated issue. I don't necessarily buy that. But that uh, that there is racism is is certainly true. And I am never going to be on the wrong end of racism where it's going to matter for uh, cultural advancement. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't mean that I'm not going to be the, the, the victim of racism or reverse racism racism by somebody or prejudice by somebody who is black or 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 hispanic or whatever uh but it means the cultural impact of that is going to be insignificant versus a black person experiencing it uh in in a predominantly white context yeah. that's for sure i've i've been told consistently by the men who have been in my life who are black that no matter what happens and no matter how far you advance in life you will always have to work twice as hard, maybe three times harder than a normal white person. And so for the people that hear that and they bristle, some people are going to hear that and they're going to bristle. Oh, yeah. And I, th- I think here's the thing. I'm a guy that naturally gets annoyed and angry at stuff. Like I, 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 my heart wants to respond quickly. And what I've learned to do uh, now that I'm getting older. Yeah. Now that you're what? What are you? 70? 47. 47. You're a liar. I'm Why 47. are you lying? You are lying. No, you're over 50. Four, you're 50. I'm 47. You so, just turned 50. Born in 1972. You September just, 7th, 1972. just turned 50. Uh, okay. Point is, the point is. I don't know. Why are you lying about your the, age, The though? older I get, <laughs> the more I, get. I learn, I have to ask myself, why am I bristling? Why am I pushing back? And what I find sometimes is, oh, because... Uh, I'm I'm right here, Ed. This is an unfair thing that's being presented, and I want to approach it. Uh, but other times, I'm recognized like, oh, you know what's? It, I'm bristling here because I'm uncomfortable and I don't like what I'm hearing. But that doesn't mean it's not true, and it certainly doesn't mean that I don't need to think about it, and try to understand. So when when you say, listen, my experience is I was told, and I believe that I have to work harder as an African American than maybe as as a white American. Now, if 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 that's true, that doesn't mean that. You can't succeed. It doesn't mean that you can't be uh, a, 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 a total legend yeah. in your field, right? Yeah. Whether that's science or sports or medicine or business or whatever. Yeah. It doesn't mean that you can't be a legend. But when you talk to those African-Americans that have become legends in their field, 
though they would they would say that it's been a ton of hard work now whites are going to say the same thing right we're going to say the same thing it took a ton of hard work right but i'm comfortable saying there were more obstacles along the way for the minority and i i have a hard time understanding why people would push back on that i'm not trying to take away the work that you did right um i just want you to realize that there are more hurdles on my road than there may be on yours so reasons that you know we may never know yeah but there are hurdles that I'm going to have to jump over that you will never have to even think about jumping over mm-hmm. because it's just not a reality for you to have to jump over that kind of hurdle. The fact that I got I get pulled over and and I'm sure a lot of African Americans can feel this way that I have to be conscious of every move that I make. Yeah. Even license registrations. My wallet is on the front seat. So, sir, I'm going to move my hand. For other people they're like, "Yeah, I'm just going to go dig through some stuff and grab it. It is what it is." But your mind has never thought, you're not trained, I guess, in a way to think this could be life or death, this mm. situation that I'm in right now. So, Travel, do do you, um, in, in your experience, African-American in America, 21st century, do you have a general feeling about white people or, or no general feeling towards white people? Do you view everybody as an individual or like how do, how do you I – mean, that's probably a question that some, of, some listeners might be asking. That's a good question. Um, in general, I, there is a collective thought about white people in my mind. Um, I do, I know that everyone, I've met tons of great, I have, my best friend's white. Thank you. Yeah. Is that me? No, Jimmy. Oh, he ain't white. (laughs) Yeah. See, that's the other way. He he likes half of me. (laughs) He likes the white half. Yeah. So there, but there, there is a thought in my mind that says that. Not to generalize people or to stereotype people, but there is a collective thought in my mind that, yes, white people are this, but when I meet you, you may not be that. So what is, what, what is a this? I mean, is it – I think white people are generally racist. I think white people are generally ignorant of, of, uh, of, of race issues. Like what is the this yeah, that, we, or one of them? When we're talking about this particular conversation, I don't I – don't, I want to be very cautious to call someone racist, mm-hmm. very cautious to say that you are a racist. But I, what I will say is that you're ignorant and meaning ignorant and the meaning of what ignorant means. You just right. don't understand. Right. You don't know you lack knowledge. and you don't understand because you haven't been in situations where this is, has been relevant for you. Mm-hmm. And the ones that have been in situations, they're the enlightened ones, I guess we could say. Yeah, they're woke. They're, I don't like that word. <laughs> well, what? I hate that word. What? I'm calling Mason. I, well, you like Mason. I didn't read Woke Church. <gasps> didn't read it. Oh, but Eric, I love Eric. Dr. Eric Mason. Oh, Eric, mm, I did you love him. By the way, Wait a minute. He, was, he was on the podcast. And, and I here. think I he, love him. didn't he revoke your black card on the podcast? He did. So <laughs> don't, don't listen to me about anything. <laughs> I have nothing to say about this. Also, just because I'm black doesn't mean that I'm a scholar in this particular area. Yeah. Of course. But you're, you're I do have experiences right. that I can talk about personally yeah. that mean something to me. Yeah. And, and I think what's really important here is when we're talking about dialoguing and having conversation, right? Oftentimes, we kind of sit on the front end within the anti-social justice movement. It's it's like there's a certain perspective that they that, – that is or an assumption that's already made about minorities, right? In the sense that like um, – in the sense, I'm trying to word it in, in the right way because they come about it that all black people, 
think that white people are racist and they're just trying to like get whatever they can. Right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And when we're dialoguing, I think it's helpful from the people that I, I find helpful to talk to from that are African American. There are some that do call everyone racist. If they, yeah. if they just disagree, it's like, Oh, you're just racist. But like you said there, well, hold on. No, it's that doesn't mean that they're racist. It just means they don't know any better. And no, that's no, where yeah. we should be saying, like Joe's talking about, I need to listen more. It's where we need to have these conversations. Yeah. More, just like what's happening in this room, more people who differ need to come together and have a, a, a civilized conversation. We laugh and at honest. Each other. But let's be honest about my experience versus yeah. your experience and then say, all right, well, hopefully, you know, I've learned something from you guys that I didn't know and you've learned something from me and then we can grow together yeah. and then we can take that and we can go. Yeah, we're still brothers. We, and we and that, for me, like that's what that's what really rubs me the wrong way, man. Is okay. So there, there are definitely people out there in the social justice movement that I think are saying horribly damaging things. Yeah, I don't think I, I think some of those voices are not helpful. Yeah, not helpful. And then some of the voices in the anti-social justice movement are damaging and they're not helpful. Yep. And part of the problem is is we've we lose sight of something that you said you value the individual. Right. Yeah. Um, you don't treat people collectively as 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 one thing. You say, you know, I'm gonna treat people as individuals. We're trying to understand their experience and yeah. listen to them, and and judge them on what they've done, what they say, uh, you know, what they what they believe. I'm gonna I'm gonna base it on that and not assume that I understand them. And this has happened on, on both extremes. And what this really bothers me, it grieves me, especially when it comes to brothers and sisters. I mean, a lot of this is coming. A lot of this heat is about. Like conservative Bible believing brothers and sisters mm -hmm. who are just trying to figure things out and are disagreeing and and maybe mistakes are being made on both sides, but man, we should still champion that we love each other and care for each other. And if there is error, let's have the dialogue and try yeah. and fix each other where we can or help each other. But let's also try to understand. So this, even recent, yeah, but even people. like even recently, what we've seen online with uh, Askel and the Beatty. Right. Yeah. That, that was, that's a helpful. That's very beautiful. That's a, that's a, that's a helpful dialogue there. Yeah, that was really good. Two individuals that love the Lord and love each other, gen, or at least genuinely care for each other in the sense that they, there's a mutual respect. Mm -hmm. Uh, cause what I get, I, what I get tired of is when I'm watching or uh, just online anti social justice, just labeling, you know, someone like Thabiti as the enemy mm -hmm. that, oh, he's just wrong and he's racist or, and on the flip side, Social justice warriors yeah. think of the same thing of Tom Asko, which is is not true by yeah. any means. And here's the thing. Thabiti, I love Thabiti, all right? Um, I, I like saying his name, Thabiti Anwabile. That's okay. just an awesome name. I like to say it. I like to say it all the time, Thabiti Anwabile. Thabiti is a, is a godly man, um, and I, I have a lot of respect for him. And he has said some things in the past that I think are wrong and even dumb. Uh, and Tom Askell has said some things that I think are wrong and even dumb. And both have said things that are incredibly true and important. Now, well, one of the things that I love is the BD was like, hey, man, I said some things and they were wrong. I shouldn't have said them. And here's they are. He articulated them. He repented of them. He's like, this was wrong. It was like a really powerful thing to do. It's a hard thing to do yeah. to admit that, you know what? What I said here wasn't right. It, mm -hmm. it, it wasn't true or it wasn't good. So, but 
I also say things that are dumb and are wrong. Yeah, every day. And I need and I need I need somebody smarter than Jimmy to actually help me to understand First what of all, they are. I do help you understand. You just ignore it. No, it's because No, like, because you you're at that old age where you forget. You don't know big words. You can't even like and I only know big words. So you, you really have a hard time Oh, because you're white and I'm only half white. No, because so you just I would, look at me no, as because ignorant. I have advanced. Did you understand? So you, you understand don't. I understand that what you deal with, uh Travel, when you're dealing Travel's with vocabulary is five times bigger than yours. What so we deal with, Jimmy. That's you're, right. You're, you're one of us. Oh, high five! High five! No, you're not. You're not. You're not. Why? You're not one of us. That's why he's friends with Steve McCoy. He's so smart, intelligent, beautiful. You're still trying to get to Sarah. Crush on Steve McCoy. Also, he has a beautiful family. He does. They are beautiful. Beautiful family. I mean, some of them are more beautiful than others. Steve, I don't know if you have any daughters or anything. He only has one. But you know, I don't know. Is she? How old is she though? I don't know. She's in college. Yeah. Is she single? I don't know. Are you single? I'm for sure single ladies. Does, does, wait. All the single ladies. Does she All have a record? Ladies. You might have a lot in common. Does she have a record? Probably. Oh, well, there you yeah. go. Well, listen, um, we know that this is going to uh, ruffle the feathers of some of our listeners. And you know what? That's okay. For we sure actually get in trouble like, for that, this That's okay. Like, uh, yeah. we, we should be able to, to, to talk about these things. So we want you to give us feedback. If uh, What are your thoughts on all of this? You can... Mm. You can push back. You're allowed to push back. Um, or you can agree, offer further insights or clarifications, especially, you know what? Especially if you're a minority. Oh, oh, I know. I know. Well, why especially the minorities? Why, why especially them? Well, uh, because they, uh, they are oftentimes underrepresented in their perspective in reformed contexts. Yeah. So that's why I'm saying, especially if you're a minority. Um, we would love to hear your thoughts. And um, I don't know all of our social media stuff, but Jimmy does. Yeah, you can follow us online on Instagram or Twitter at Doc and Devo or on Facebook slash Doctrine and Devotion. You can head to the website, DoctrineDevotion.com. There you can contact us. You can sign up for the email blast. And if you click on the link there, you can register for the Doctrine and Devotion conference happening September 28th in Rancho Santa Margarita. You know, what's interesting about that Rancho, conference is yeah, it's a micro conference, but it's already looking like it's going to be bigger than T4G. Mm. <laughs> The initial already, wow. already the wow. initial reports bigger than T four G in spirit, of course, not, yes, not numerically. No. Yeah, I'm for sure, sure it's are. already bigger than a normal pastor conference. Yes, but you know we'll you know uh, we're, we're we're working that was on mean. it. Was it? It's supposed to be small. The normal pastor conference is supposed yeah, to be small. Yeah, they're normal. Yeah, I know. So that's why I know it's yes. going to be bigger. Okay, because we're not normal. Because we're not normal. We're we ab- this is the abnormal pastors conference. Yeah, which is ironic because we don't have abs. <laughs> well, no, it's just I have an ab. You have, an, you have an abscess. Okay, you don't have that. <laughs> you have fresh pod every Monday and Thursday. Blog posts on Wednesdays. Good blog posts. Yep. Get T4G, on the blog posts. Head on over to on T4, Friday. No, not yet. No, yeah, no, T4G.org no, and use the promo code Doctrine and save $10. Register oh, today. Wait a minute. What if they want to follow, follow Travel? Travel, are you on the Instagram? I'm, I'm on the Grams. It's my, my name, Travel Rounds, two L's. Hey, you, wait. So your Instagram mm, handle why? is your name. Why? Travel Rounds. Travel Rounds. Do you that's have any right. numbers in there? No numbers. Underscores. No underscores. What? That's weird. Yeah. Uh, Jimmy, what's what's your Just Instagram handle? It's Why? Fowler one two nine sixty three fifty five backslash tilde mm-hmm. underscore asterisk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also Twitter, same thing. Travel rounds. Mm-hmm. All right. Follow Facebook, Travel rounds. It's yeah, pretty simple, Jimmy. And if you want, I got to the party late, guys. <laughs> if you, oh, really? Yeah. You're a millennial. What are you talking about? Uh, you I like. I didn't like social. Aren't media. you a millennial? Yeah, you're a millennial, right? Don't you don't know. even know. What year were you born? 82? You're a millennial. Oh, no, you're not a millennial. You're not. Whoa. Depends on who you're talking to. Some would say 80 to 95. So you may or may not be a millennial. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, guys. educated. Yep. educated. Thanks, Travel. Yeah. All right. Later. Later.